What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Rate Infinity Show podcast. This is episode number 126. Today, I got a good guest on here to, on my podcast to talk about some recent new stuff in the news lately, particularly about that's going on with Israel. I got um, a fellow Zoomer, or for better, for what most people say, Gen Z, uh, Gen Z, or I, I prefer using Zoomer, activists, or activists, I should say, named named Alex Corin. How you doing, brother? How you, what have you been up well, to lately? Well, first of all, thank you, Ray, for having me on. It's it's truly an honor to be on here today. But um, Ray, um, the Zoomer term, I don't really usually like to associate myself with that term. Just call me a uh, Gen Z conservative. I think that's a more appropriate Zoomer. term that would more define me than a Zoomer. But um, yeah, yes, I'm doing I'm doing well, fine. Well, um, well, I should have said conservative activist then. Conservative activist, yes. So. Um, my name is Alex Corin. I'm a young Gen Z conservative activist, like Ray had said. I manage and run multiple social media accounts, but my main one, my main one is called Alex Corin 13. So check out some good content. There's always some good memes and some videos, and not just memes and videos, but also current and breaking events. So breaking news events that I'll post. So that's what I do. And I also do a lot of live streams with people. I try to do live streams once or twice a week to talk with everyone, see how everyone's feeling politically on certain issues, whether it's economic, domestic, or even foreign. So I'm always talking with the people. Okay. Yeah, um, I, I follow you on Instagram too, and I tagged you in there. And that's where you I was told by, um I forgot what her name is. I think her name's Lisa. I forgot how you said it. Gotten patriotism. Yeah, that's her account. Yeah. Well, she's actually a friend of mine. I've had her on my show, and I've done a whole bunch of Twitter spaces with her and a bunch of other people that, that she knows. And, yeah, she came on my podcast, and she she told me to go at, um, see if you'd be willing to come on my show and have that's a good. Yeah, she's a, Yeah, she's a very nice lady. I've known her for a good amount of time now. She's always been a kind-hearted person, so. Uh, you're on mute, Ray. Uh, Sorry about my audio cut out right there. Uh, yeah, but as I was saying, yeah, elite, uh, God and patriotism. Yeah, she's always a helpful and kind-hearted person. So, yeah, I had some audio problems right there. So, yeah, that might that may happen. So, just letting you know ahead of time. Okay. Okay. But yeah, she told me to go reach out to you and see if you'd be willing to come on and talk about some stuff. And I reached out to you, and you agreed to. And so, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, sure, no problem. But yeah. Um, before we started um, doing the show, um, we you told me that one of the main things you wanted to discuss was the conflict that's going on in Israel right now between Hamas, um, Israel, and Yemen that's recently happened. Because Yemen recently declared war on What are Israel they called too. again? The rebel group in Yemen? The who? The How do you say their name? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. Who? I forgot their name again. But yeah, I know the Yemen. But here's the thing. Yemen is one of those places where no one... Yemen is like the is like you know scrappy and you know Scooby and Scrappy. Yeah. Yemen is like scrappy. Yeah, I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you. But they're so tiny. They're so far away from Israel. They aren't too much of a concern. The only concern is that if Iran gives them weapons, I think that would be a huge concern. But I think Yemen is not our uh, key concern right now. It's Lebanon and the West Bank and Iran, of course. Those our those are our three biggest concerns. The West Bank has been awfully way too quiet 
And this makes me wonder that is West Bank countering something up in Jerusalem or planning something on Tel Aviv? Because when the West Bank is quiet, which is very rare, that means usually they're getting ready to launch an attack. So I think the IDF needs to very carefully monitor the West Bank. Uh, the south of Lebanon, they've been doing a great job at that, you know, fighting back against Hezbollah. Their response in Gaza, the IDF's response in Gaza was a little bit was a little bit slow. But this was because of the international community. Leaders like Joe Biden, who have said, don't, right? This is Biden's phrase to Gaza and, and the terrorist organizations. Don't. Trump was like, F you, F you, F you. We're going in and we're going to bomb you. That was Trump's response. Biden's response is, don't, then ceasefire. And the thing is, Israel did not want to get backlashed by the United States. So they did the stupid move and they listened to Biden for two to three weeks. In the last week or so, Israel said, F this, and they went right through Gaza, they went right in, and now they're doing a good job. They're going through Gaza, they're splitting it in half, they're rescuing as many, well, rescuing as many hostages as they can, which is going to be insanely tough to do, because they're in the tunnels, and a lot of Gaza is booby-trapped for the IDF yeah. soldiers. But um, the whole, th yeah. the whole thing is, right, the, um, the people in Gaza and Palestine will say, and a lot of these liberals will say, a lot of these pro-Palestinian sympathizers and whatnot, they'll say, two-state solution, ceasefire. Okay, these people aren't too educated because in 1993, you had the Oslo Accords. You had many other peace treaties, but this was a significant one. Oslo Accords, where the PLO, the Palestinian, the Palestinian well, the current quote-unquote Palestinian Authority, which are actually overran by Hamas, but we'll get there. The Palestinian Authority had accepted the West Bank and accepted Gaza. Right? So the PLO had made a treaty with Israel, but guess what? A lot of the people who were a part of the PLO were also secretly working for Hamas. Well, at the time, Hamas wasn't as known about, but you know, the, the up and coming Hamas. Mm. And a lot of these people said, F no, no treaty, river to sea. When they mean river to sea, they mean river to sea. So the West Bank, so what these what these people did was a lot of these PLO people or just people in general who were living in the West Bank, they would fire into Jerusalem, they would fire into Tel Aviv, and sometimes they would just walk right across into Jerusalem and Tel Aviv, which I mean, which would, which they would create devastating attacks. And um, actually in, uh, well, I don't know if I should exactly share this, but in 2006, I know of someone, and I, I do feel very bad for sharing this, but this story, I always have to share it because it breaks my heart. Okay. 2006, I had a family, well, a neighbor at the time, I wasn't born yet. I'm born in 2007, so don't keep it in mind. I'm 15. Uh, oh, okay. Neighbor of mine, their first son. He all right. So he and his dad went into a um, cafe in Tel Aviv, and a suicide or a suicide bomber walked right into the cafe, exploded himself, killing the son and severely injuring the father. So, you know, it always breaks my heart to tell that story. It's 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 very sad. And again, this is before my time, but yeah. um those neighbors, yeah. I think they moved somewhere north. I'm not exactly sure exactly what I never I mm. kind of lost touch with them. But when I was younger, I knew the second son because growing yeah. up I would uh I would go to the neighboring cuz the my neighborhood had a park growing up for, you know, all the little guys to play on. So I, I didn't know this. I, I wasn't told this story until I was much older, of course, but I did used to play with the kid on the slide and the swing sometimes. So I do remember growing up with him. But no, the, the first son who died in who died in the terrorist attack, I never knew because, again, I was born in 07. But um, 
this is something that always breaks my heart. But yeah, that was that was as a result because um, the West Bank was fully unified and people were just walking right across. Mm. So that that was because of the Oslo Accords and because of the Oslo Accords not working. So Israel pretty much said it's Israel pretty much said in the past 30 years since the Oslo Accords have been established, they said, OK, well, F this. If Hamas doesn't want to play nice, then we will go in and we will defi- we will divide the West Bank. So far, dividing the West Bank has been very good. Because keep in mind, if the West Bank was unified, then they would stage many attacks upon Israel. So that is why the West Bank needs to be um, divided. It's one of those things where it's either you kill them or you or they kill you. I know someone who served in the he's, he served in Afghanistan, and there would be three generations of family. There would be the father. There they, there would be the the son, and then there would be the grandson. They would all pick up, um, according to him, they would all pick up arms and they would start shooting at the soldiers. But they have to, but they have to consider this thing. It's either they make it back to their families, or they get killed. So it's either you kill them or they will kill you. So mm. you you have to make that. It's it's the toughest choice you'll ever. It's the toughest choice you have to make. But again, the soldiers, you know, the United States soldiers, of course, want to return home and see their families again. So, like I said, it's either you kill those people who are shooting at you or you let them kill you. So you have a choice. And and it's the same thing is going on in Israel where it's it's catastrophic. It's catastrophic all around. But it's one of those things where either those people will kill you or you kill them. There's no other way to do it. Yeah. Because these treaties aren't working. Yeah, because me, I'm a I'm a Christian, so I support Israel. Like I'm because to me, and from my perspective, as reading the Bible, I don't have a choice but to support Israel. But this is what I'm. I, this is something I'm in the middle on. I've been listening to different people say this this response. They, I talk whether or not there should be a ceasefire, or if, or if Israel should just go in and just and just finish them off. Because here's why: go, they're both viciously killing each other. Both of them have been have been. Both Israel, Hamas, they've been doing vicious things to each other. There's no, there's no denying that both of them have done it. But the thing, because women and children have been killed severely and brutally by each side, there's no debate about that. But the thing, thing is about a ceasefire. Like, um, if we, there's been multiple ceasefires between Israel and all these other countries, going back to 2001, going back to World War II, well, after the Six Day War. Well, the women and children, the women and children. I, I see what you're saying. But but, but but this is but this I, is what can happens. I, can, I, can I finish first? Yeah, go ahead. The, the, because like, but but like I when I say this though, if they do a ceasefire, it's just going to happen again. That's what I was yeah, going to yeah. get to. No, so, but I'm saying about. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, because um, it's just, because we've seen the story many times. If they've been, they've done ceasefires many times before, and all a wall that happened again is that they just got kept getting attacked over and over and over again so ceasefires almost don't don't mean anything at this point but ray but like what you don't understand is that the women or children are often killed by hamas meaning yeah. they are forced to stay in those apartment buildings and that's and that's the thing right israel gets until hamas is there hamas hears that they're about to get bombed so the hamas yeah. members immediately escape through the tunnel and they tell the women and children okay stay here and you will be praised for all eternity and you know they convince the women and children to stay in that building to get bombed. So, I mean, yeah. technically Hamas does kill their women and children. Yeah. By doing I, that. I, I, I said because both. It, I didn't just mind, say one. I said and keep both. In, and keep in mind, Israel had given them warnings. Actually, not just 24 hours, like the media says, because Israel didn't invade until two weeks later. So they gave them 14 days of warning. 
14 days of warning to get out, to move to the south of Gaza. 14 days. But again, they still did not want to move because, again, 70-something percent of uh, Gazans are supporting Hamas. They trust in in Hamas and they want to fight for Hamas. So that's what you need to understand. They will avoid Israel's warning. Yeah. Well, what I what, what I used to think, I don't really think this anymore. Um, that um, because the Palestinians, I because the Palestinians are technically Jordans, or is that how you say them? Jordans or Jordanians? Jordanians. 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 Yeah. They're technically Jordanians. So I I used to just kept saying, why don't they just send them to Jordan then? Because that's why because they're because the, Jordan cares about the Palestinians supposedly, but they actually don't really. From what I've some research I've done recently. Yeah, they don't care. They, they don't consider they, the they leftovers. Just, they call them the leftovers. They just use them as an excuse to destroy Israel. They just because they hate Christians. Well, Jor- well, well, Jordan recognizes Israel as a country. Jordan, believe it or not, Jordan and Israel have actually very good relations right now. But I mean, but again, Jordan also doesn't want. Well, historically, jo- well, okay. So when the British mandate of Palestine, because Palestinians aren't actually Palestinian. That's just a made-up term that the British gave. The, Jordan, the Jordanians who were technically living on that land. When Britain said, when, when Britain had established the little piece that was given for the, um, for the newly established state of Israel, the, um, a lot of the ethnically Jordans, they moved east back into Jordan. But what happened was a lot of them got rejected. Some of them were accepted back into Jordan. But a lot of them got rejected, and not just rejected, some of them wanted to stay there. Some of them wanted to stay in the center, which they were staying in the center, so, and the black towards September. the center, towards the towards the center of um, Israel. Once so, let's see. The Balfour Declaration happens, right? The Balfour Decla- Declaration happens. The Israel has their land, and the Palestinians still have. Well, not Palestinians. They're actually the ethnical, the ethnically Jordanians still have more land of quote unquote Palestine than Israel has. I think it was like sixty forty in the Balfour. I think the the um, I think the uh, Palestinian land was still much lar- larger even when Israel was established. But guess what happens? They tried to do they tried to do um a peace deal, but it didn't work. As soon as the fifties and sixties, guess what? The Palestinian the Palestinians were uh, creating attacks on Israel, meaning they were going in, they were bombing hospitals in Israel, they were firing at streets and whatnot. You know, they're do they were doing the same thing in the fifties and sixties as they're doing now. 60 mm. years later, nothing has changed. Um, mm. The Six-Day War happens, right, 1966. I believe it was 19... Hopefully it was not... Hopefully my... my facts I thought it was correct. the 50s. I thought it was the 50s. No, the Six-Day War was in the 66, I believe. Six-Day oh. War happens. The United States, people get this wrong. People think the United States was involved. That's not true. Uh, the United States was involved in the Yom Kippur War, but they were not involved in the Six-Day War. The Six-Day War comes. Um, Israel, like it, well, like it says, six days... They were able to defeat Saudi Arabia, Syria, Lebanon. They actually regained the Golden Heights because of that. They, um, not regained, they actually gained the Golden Heights because the, what would happen in the Golden Heights is that Syria would shoot at the Kibbutziums. And Israel said, okay, well, it's the Six-Day War, right? Syria's firing at us, so we might as well conquer Golan because that's, that's how war works. So hmm. they regained Golan. They actually gained the Sinai Peninsula, but I'll talk about that later, that they gave it back to Egypt. Which would, which would have been a hell of a lot of land for Israel. But they still returned it to Egypt as a peace treaty. But um, they, fought, they defeated Syria. They defeated Lebanon. They defeated Jordan. They de- defeated Egypt at the time. And they defeated uh, Syria. Um, I think I already said Syria. And Saudi yes. Arabia. 
Those countries, they had the whole um, the, pretty much that whole area. They were able to win. 1972 comes about. Yom Kippur War happens. Same, similar situation. Where, but this time, Israel still, Israel still did win, but it took them longer because the United States and the Soviet Union both got, both got involved in the interest of oil. Keep in mind, before then, Israel was a social democracy, meaning it had more socialist ide- ideologies because at the time, Israel wasn't really cities then. It was mostly farms where everyone would just collaborate and works and work together, which, I mean, Israel, remember, in the 1960s, Israel was a very poor country. It was very poor, actually. In the I mean, there were some cities and some wealthy-ish parts, but for the most part, Israel was a poor country. It was just a farming country, agricultural country. 1960, actually, 1972 comes. United States gets involved. The Soviet Union gets involved. During, um, United States pretty much said, okay, Israel, side with us, right? And United States at the time, they were, yes, they were technically supporting Israel, but they were using Israel for interest of, you know, it was, it was approaching the Cold War. It was in the Cold War. And actually approaching the end of the well, mid-Cold War, I would say. But in the 1970s, the Soviet Union, they, they were wanting to side with Saudi Arabia because, again, they were greedy for oil. The United States was greedy for oil. So the Soviet Union said, okay, Middle East, we will side with you. And the United States sided with Israel. So, but Soviet Union quickly backed off. And then the United States helped Israel, you know, win against the win round two pretty much of the six-day war but again the war took a little bit longer because the united states got involved and if the united states doesn't get involved in some of these wars and lets israel handle yes united states you know can fund israel and whatnot and help them you know military bases and uh, military advancements but the thing is when united states decides israel's decisions like what biden said he delayed israel by three weeks hmm Israel could have taken care of Gaza. Israel wanted to quickly go in, but the United States said no. And Israel said, and Israel obeyed the United States because they were scared of uh, international backlash, which that was a stupid decision on the IDF. The IDF should have immediately gone in, but they yeah. did not. Instead of giving, I, don't, I did not believe in those warnings. I think that the warnings were a stupid idea. Mm-hmm. They should have immediately yeah. gone in. Yeah. Um, well, well, I believe in supporting Israel, but like the what I'm torn on is like, um, is like giving them money because... I'm not a fan of giving other countries our money. Like I'm support, like like I said, I'm torn on it because I'm a Christian. Well, for weapons, but, but, but I see what well, you're saying. It, yeah. But it's it's going towards weapons. It's really the Iron Dome. Think about that, the Iron Dome and other weapons that we give towards Israel. But again, we should let Israel, right? We should allow Israel. We should give them the weapons and the support that they need but actually allow Israel to have its own strategies. And instead of us really meddling in and saying what Israel can and cannot do, let's allow Israel to decide what it wants to do. Because yeah, well, it, either way, Israel's going to side towards the, towards, they're going to side with the United States because the United States is their closest ally. So of course they're going to side with the United States. So might as well allow Israel to decide their own decisions for themselves. Yeah, because like um, when I say like support Israel, supporting could be like in many different ways. It could be like giving them intelligence. It could be like um, um, our intelligence failed, and or helping them with strategy. Quote unquote, we had good intelligence with Israel, but apparently not because the October seventh attack happened. I mean, actual intelligence. (laughs) Under the Biden administration, the intelligence people were sleeping. Yeah, I agree with that. (laughs) <laughs> like under under, there's a reason nothing like this happened under Trump. Under oh President no, the, Trump. the intelligence people. You know, keep in mind, um, 
Hamas and Hezbollah, these groups have been prepared, they prepare, you know, a month before, a couple weeks actually before the, this October 7th attack happened, I was saying to myself, I said, hmm, why is Israel and Gaza not fighting with each other? Why is everything so quiet right now? Right, I, and I, and I also, and I also looked at this too. I said, "Well, Israel at the time had a lot of political unrest because of Israel's own political policies with Netanyahu." But that's a long story. I'm like, "Okay, Gaza's quiet. The West Bank is quiet." I said, "Something's going on." Two weeks later, the attack happens. I said, "Yep, I, I knew something was going to happen because it was so quiet for so long." That's the thing. And I thought, I thought, okay, well, maybe it's good intel that uh, Israel and the United States had where they eradicated these groups at the source before they could get anywhere. And apparently not. The opposite happened. These groups got stronger. They were quiet, but they grew stronger. And they eventually made their deadliest attack in history. So, you know, I, so that was, again, that was a failure on Israel. And that was a failure on the United States for not catching up on that intel. Egypt yeah. was the only country that actually warned Israel of anything. But here's the thing about Egypt. Egypt is like boy who cried wolf. If that makes sense. They'll say, Israel, Israel, something's going to happen. Nothing happens. Israel, Israel, something's going to happen. And then one day the wolf comes. That's how Egypt is. Yes, Israel should have really listened to Egypt on that time. But yeah. Egypt is known for playing boy who cried wolf. And... Now, if it's okay with you, I want to go into the um what happened in this Egypt and Sinai insurgency and all that and and the peace deals and whatnot. Sure. Well, okay. So, when was the peace deal exactly? I think it was 1979. I'm pretty confident it was 1979, where the 19th. I forgot again. These the each leader of each uh, different time period leader of each Arabic country. I get them confused. So I'm just going to call him Egyptian president of 1979. Okay. Egyptian president of 1979. Yeah, I think he ended up, if, if, if I'm not mistaken, I think he was assassinated, right? Uh, not 100% sure on that. Okay. Uh, if, if you can look that up real quickly, I, I would appreciate that. 1979, if I am correct, the Egyptian leader had been um, assassinated because he had agreed to um, recognize Israel as a country. And in response... Israel gave back the large territory of Sinai Peninsula right back to Egypt. Anwar, Anwar, Anwar Sadat? Anwar yeah, Sadat? Yeah, I, be I believe that was him. Was assassinated on okay. October 6, 1981. So Okay, I believe so. But in 1979, I know they had that treaty with uh, Sinai and with Israel. So Israel did have that uh, treaty okay. with Egypt. And ever since then, Egypt's been very, you know, lovely and quote-unquote supportive of Israel, and um, wasn't so long ago. I think it was actually just a few months ago where Israel helped uh, uh, Egypt eradicate completely eradicate ISIS for the first time in, mm -hmm. since 2011. 2011 Arab Spring happens. Uh, who was the the former Egyptian president gets overthrown? What's his name again? Uh, the one that I just mentioned. Morsi. No, no, Morsi. I think his name was Morsi. Morsi gets overthrown. 2013, I think, because of Arabic Spring, 2000, well, 2011, the Sinai insurgency starts. Morsi gets overthrown. 2013, um, Mohammed Abdul Sisi, he becomes president, and he officially made the announcement that, you know, that the Sinai is a, big, is, is a major issue and they need to go in and, you know, take care of and, and eradicate ISIS. So um, uh, under Sisi's leadership, Egypt has been safer than ever. I was actually in Cairo back in 2022. Uh, there was security everywhere. There was army everywhere. I've never felt any more safer. 
Egypt to Cairo is probably safer than the United States right now, believe it or not, because of how heavily they are patrolled and secured. Just to go into the hotel, there's metal detectors. I mean, it's insane how secured um, Egypt is. It's more secure than Israel. That's why so far, knock on wood, so far that's why Egypt is doing, is is thriving for the better. And um, uh, Egypt, since 2011, has had a big issue in the Sinai Peninsula because there's been a lot of ISIS fighters who are hiding in, who are hiding in the Sinai. And right now, if you look on the United States Travel Advisory, or I'm not sure if it's still there, but in the Sinai Peninsula, well, now it's probably there again because of the Israel-Gaza conflict. But I know uh, just last year, um, the Sinai was like level four, do not travel, do not go. And that is because of ISIS being stationed there. And they had a big problem with that, but CC did eradicate, but CC did sent the Egyptian army to eradicate um, the Sinai, to eradicate ISIS in the Sinai. And they were actually very successful with that. And again, it was with the help of Israel. So that is why Egypt is very um, thankful of Israel. Um, the Egyptian, pri not the Egyptian president, but the Egyptian prime, prime minister said he would rather have Israel completely eradicate Gaza than accept one Gazan refugee. So that tells you something about Egypt. Egypt doesn't want to accept them. On top of that, Egypt doesn't want to have, a, again, just a few months ago, they completely, uh, almost, I, well, I believe they, as far, according to the Egyptian press, they completely, quote-unquote, eradicated uh, the ISIS base in, in the Sinai Peninsula. So they don't want to have, they don't want to have more of those guys into their country after just having a long 10-year battle with them and then and then they come right back into your country. So I can see why Egypt is very reluctant on having, you know, Gazans going to Egypt. Well, the thing is, none of these countries that that claim they they're 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 trying to they're trying to take out Israel because of their support for the Palestinian people. The thing is, not just Jordan's, not just Jordan, but none of those countries even care about care about the Palestinians. They don't care about them any more than they than they care about anyone else. They just hate Christians and Jews. I mean, Egypt, um, Egypt respects uh, Christians, the UAE respects Christians, and Jordan respects Christians and Jews, I think, For, from my knowledge, yes. The UAE definitely respects Christians. Uh, Syria, well, Syria only, well, Syria respects Christians and Muslims. Um, Jordan respects all three. Egypt respects all three. Well, quote unquote, respects all three. Uh, Jordan also, quote unquote, respects all three, and the UAE respects all three. The U UAE actually does respect all three because they want, you know, they want the tourists and they want to be the nation that is, you know, the most friendly and most clean. Which is true. The UAE is the most friendly and clean nation right now in 2023, and hopefully it stays that way because the UAE is doing very well for themselves. But countries like Libya, countries like Syria, Lebanon. Um, not really. Well, Syria is trying to be neutral, but countries like Lebanon, countries like uh, Libya, countries like Iran, they do not want to have their governments do not want better for the people. They just want to create more chaos and drama. That's it, because they know if they are able to, because they know that they're not able to have a functioning government. So why not take it out on someone else? That's the issue with countries like Lebanon, um, Libya, and Iran, because they are unable to have the whole country unite with them. So that is why they always like to instill, you know, mass restrictions on the people. Look at Iran. Half the people are pro the religious restrictions. Half of them are anti it. So that is why, you know, Iran is really, the Iranian regime is really pushing this heavy uh, religious restrictions on the people. Hmm.
that's it. That's interesting. Interesting to know. Yeah. So yeah, really interesting. So w- what do you see? How do you see this this conflict? That's the current one ending. I'm I'm curious. How do you see it ending? It'll never end. <laughs> no, I'm talking. I'm talking. I'm t- until there's like another rest period is what I should say. Rest period. Okay. Well, I think uh, Gaza. Well, this won't be for a good few years when we see a rest period. It's gonna be like the Russia. Well, if we have Trump, maybe things can change. But um, if we have not just Trump, if we have like stronger leaders in Europe and throughout the world, I think uh, I think we would be a lot better. Because right now the strongest leaders are in China. Uh, Russia decently strong, but right now the strongest leaders are in Beijing. So if we have good leaders in the United States and in Europe, I think uh, a lot of things will change. I'll I'll put it this way. But right now, I think it's going to be like Ukraine, where they're going to have skirmishes here and there, and then someone gets shot and someone else gets shot, and it'll be it'll be back and forth if that makes sense. It's one of those things where there'll be small attacks from now until another few years, and then there'll be a big attack again. So I think I think it's just going to be a carry on, uh, and again, unless Israel completely goes through Gaza, which if they do go through Gaza and they do manage to, uh, but then but here's another thing: what are you going to do with the people there? The people in Gaza, even after Gaza gets somewhat partially rebuilt, then they're just going to strike on Israel again. So nothing will change. Okay, you completely go through Gaza. Okay, you completely level it. Then what? What about all the people that are li- that are still living in Gaza? What are you going to do with those people? They're just going to probably be stationed somewhere somewhere else, and then from there they'll they'll still be you know attacking Israel. So I don't think this. I don't think. I don't well, think it's going to end. Personally, if I were in in office, what I would do is right here. I would actually have sent all send all the Palestinians to 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 Jordan because Jordan won't accept them. Jordan well, won't accept them. Can, can, can I finish? Like um, and and I know they won't accept them, but but I would threaten them with political power, like sanctions. Hey, if you don't take these people in, I'm going to sanction you guys. So it's going to harm you, you either way. So that's how I would handle it because because like that's because. So that the conflict can at least get um, at least like um, not nearly as much as what it is. So I would I would do that. It's not. It's not. If, if Jordan accepts these people, then Jordan will collapse. And I have a feeling. Black September. I have a feeling if Jordan accepts these people, then Jordan will collapse, and that will even create a larger chaos for the Middle East. I get that feeling. Here's the thing: Jordan has a hard time. Jordan is just enough able to control their own land. Imagine having these, um, because people like to argue, okay, what about the West Bank, right? Let's say Jordan takes over the West Bank. Then what? Okay, right? The West Bank gets taken over. These, uh, quote-unquote Palestinian Jordanians are living inside the West Bank, or whatever you would like. I call I call them the leftovers of the Middle East, but they're the ethnically Jordanian, quote-unquote Palestinians, who are living, who are, who have moved to the West Bank and living there. Then what? Those people living on the West Bank will still will we'll actually fire both in Jordan and will also fire at Israel. So I think that would also, I don't think Jordan wants to deal with that. That's why it's so complicated because of these, uh, uh, because of these Palestinians who constantly want to fight with any country that has any country. Well, well, because Palestine is extremely, because the majority of Palestinian people have extreme beliefs because the majority of them support Hamas. 72% of them, I believe, support Hamas because of their extreme beliefs. I, you know, their belief that, you know, Christians, Jewish people, and, you know, anyone who doesn't strictly obey by whatever they think 
you know, should not be alive. I think that it'll create an extensive problem in Jordan too. That's why it's so complicated because there's no real solution for these people to go. Yeah, yeah I, I can kind of agree with you on that. But Jordan but, might fall apart if but, they accept these people. Yeah, but but still, but still though, then, then there's no reason they should be attacking Israel then, because the only reason, because like if they so they ha- so called, they, they've had no they, reason. That's what care. people fail to understand. I I, I know, they, but. I'm, but I'm saying like um, the, they always quote saying they care about the Palestinians, but they really don't. So so if, if that if you want to if you actually care about them, then you would take them to take them yourselves. That's what I'm trying to say. It's hypocritical. It is. You're, you're, you're absolutely right about that. I think my AirPods just went off, but that's OK. I was just trying to fix that real quick. Um, it, it is it is extremely hypocritical. And I think I think. If Lebanon were to take them, then Lebanon would just get stronger in terms of Hezbollah. And Iran would just back them even more. That And then Yemen, too. Like I said, Yemen's, like, scrappy, but they could grow. But Yemen could still grow stronger. Um, that, that's the thing about the Middle East. The Middle East is extremely fragile. That It's so hard exactly to maintain. Yeah, they've been they've been fighting each other for for thousands of years. Thousands of years. I mean, it's just never going to end. It's, Middle East is a gigantic place. Keep in mind uh, the, the the Muslim nations, not just the Middle East. Muslim nations go all the way from Balkans in Europe to West Africa, to Southeast Africa, to East Africa, into the general Middle East as you know it, in, all the way down into Southeast Asia. So the middle, so the these Muslim nations are huge. East Africa is majority Muslim. West Africa is partially Muslim. North Africa is pretty much full. Yeah, is fully Muslim. Um, East Africa, mostly Muslim. Southeast Africa, partially Muslim. West Africa, partially Muslim. The Balkans, partially Muslim. The Middle East, Muslim. And the Southeast Asian Muslim countries. So, I mean, it's... The, the, Mus- the Muslim world is huge. The Jewish tiny little state is a... Not even a, it's like a needle in a haystack. That's Israel. Yeah, yeah, and, and like um, it's and like it's entirely surrounded by all those countries. Literally, like that's what the Six Day War was all about. Everyone, because everyone attacked them from every single d- direction. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and and they still won in six days. Without the United States, a lot of these people, it's funny, a lot of these Americans will like to say, well, the only reason why Israel's still there is because of the uh, United States. That's not really true because they won in six days without the United States. All the wars with the United States, it took them a good month. Even up, to, actually not just a month. Some of these, you know, ongoing battles are costing Israel years and years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so that gets into my question about, like, sending money to them because, like I said, I'm torn on it. Well, because, like... <laughs> Send them money to allow them to military strategize on their own terms, not not play. Oh, let let's send everyone money. I mean, right. I think, I because think we need to. I think I believe in the Donald Trump method, right? Have our bases in the have our bases in the Middle East, have our base in Israel, one or two bases because they because they are our friends. Those are they're our number one ally, but also um, but I think we should send them for weapons. I think we should send. Uh, we should send Israel money in order for them to develop weapons to fight against, you know, Iran and Gaza. We both have an equal enemy. United States and Israel have an equal enemy, which is Iran. 
So that is why the United States and Israel get along because of Iran, because they both have, because they are both strongly anti-Iran. Hmm. Yeah. Like one of my friends, I, he actually told me this and like, it also makes me a little torn on it is that, um, he doesn't, he would say the way he would, he would send money is only strategically like, um, make sure like we know where everything is going. Because, I mean, and not and not have it be like Ukraine. We're like we're just giving them everything, and we don't like them. Well, and where well, we don't that's, like, well, that's and where, well, that's, and where we don't. Oh, that's Biden's issue. Yeah, like uh, we if, don't just like not just if, give them the money and just not pay attention to what they do. With if it, we were under Trump, track everything. If we were under Trump, Ukraine and Russia, this thing would have been settled. There, there would have yeah. been a peace deal with Russia and Ukraine. There could have actually been a peace deal because these are two legitimate countries who actually have a lot to lose on both sides. So there would actually be a legitimate peace deal under the Trump administration. But Trump would say, okay, Israel, we are giving you these weapons. We, we are giving you this money specifically for your weapons to completely to, to bomb the shit out of uh, Hamas. And Israel would have said, okay, we're going right in now. That's how it would have been under President Trump. But guess what? We're at Biden. We're Biden's funding, funding everyone. He's funding Iran. He's funding Gaza. He's funding Israel. And it's like a loop. It's called right? controlled it's like opposition. It's, it's like a loop. You fund Iran, they attack Israel. Then you fund Gaza, they attack Israel again. You fight Israel, you fund Israel. Um, and then you fund Palestine again. And then you fund Iran. Then you fund Ukraine. Then you fund, uh, then you fund Hunter Biden's Coke supply. So, I mean, you, so it's like a loop with Biden. It really is. Yeah. Well, like everyone's being paid off because they're, they're just trying to create, create um, they're, they're just trying to make something um, go on much longer. So the military industrial complex can make um, another um, billion, a few billion dollars. I think that's what the whole goal is. One of part of it, I should say. I mean, I mean, that, I mean, that's how I'm um, oh, this whole, I mean, how should I put this about it? I think, my thing is give them, give them money for weapons in order for them to fight against uh, to fight against uh, let's say uh, Russian aggression or um, or Palestine. But here's the thing about here's the thing about Russia. It's a brother war to me. The whole Ukraine Russia thing is it's it's really a brother war. That's all it is at the end of the day. Hmm. To me, it's a brother war. Ukraine and Russia. I look. I'm half Ukrainian. I'm half Russian. I'm the same thing. It's literally the same thing. My dad is half Ukrainian. He's one side of his family's from Kiev, the other side's from Moscow. It's really the same thing. It's a brother war. At the end of the day, it's a brother war. But the whole Israel-Palestinian thing—that's certainly not a brother war. That is uh, way more extreme than that. Yeah. And Israel needs, and Israel has every single right to go into Gaza and er, and eradicate these groups. Well, every, well, every single time I do know this for a fact. That every single time it's Hamas or one of these other groups that fired the first shot every single time. It is the hospital that was bombed. They were all blaming it on Israel, and then it was it was Hamas doing that to its own people. It it is their first. It, it, every single time, it's always it's always their shots. No, they fired the first shot. Yeah, I said I said yeah, I, I said it's their shots. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. Actually, um. The Hamas media, actually, Al Jazeera even reported. It. Of course, Al Jazeera reported it. They reported that Israel had bombed the hospital in Gaza, even though three hours later we we get we get the word that it was a uh, Islamic Jihad who purposely sent the rocket into the hospital to frame Israel. So uh, th that's what they want to do. That's all it's about at the end of the day. If um 
If the PLO, if they were actually interested in ruling their land, they would have accepted this two-state solution, but they knew they were, but they knew they couldn't control the land. They knew it. They knew they were too divided, and they knew that they have to come up with a different tactic. And that tactic really just they by using this new tactic of oh let's let's attack Israel that really destroyed them. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Well, me when I say I support Israel, I I support the people in the land. I do not support their government. I am not a fan of their government. Why not? I'm just, because, because like they still continue on with this with the, with this like um with this like um fighting um, um thing is what I'm trying to say. Like I'm um, okay. hey, like like they'll go like they go in and and they'll go after um Hamas but they'll go like extra harder than they probably should is what I'm trying to say. But, that, but, but what you don't understand is you need to go you need to go hard on them because they will go hard on you. Yeah yeah like I said I'm just torn on that. That's that's how I'm that's how I'm trying to say it. And, pl and plus, also, uh, also this too. This is something that no one talks about. They f they fund the the Israel Israel's government funds people in the, in the, like um funds our 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 government people who work in our government. Both sides that hate them and both sides that love them. That's the thing. I don't like that idea that they do that because a lot of people that from who? the squad actually get funded from Israel. I mean, I, I mean, well, well, I mean. Well, I I don't if you like have the that. um, well, depends. Who, I mean, if there's left wing, well, there's you realize that Israel has a large left wing, uh, has a large left wing community, and some of those people actually represent the coalition. So of course they would back people like the squad. There's actually a bunch of people in Israel who are demanding for a ceasefire. The far left people, I call them the chickens for Chick Fil A. That's what they are. The <laughs> chickens for Chick Fil A. That's that's chickens all they are. The far, the far, the far, exactly. The chickens for K for KFC. That's all the far left coalition is. There's not many of them. They're like the squad. They're few. There's very few of them, but they're very loud. And they and they exist and they live in Israel. And yeah. um, you know, it, it's it's like the same thing in the United yes. States. So that's why there's various people, different coalitions. Israel and the United States are like brothers. Their systems are different, but they're similar. That makes sense. There's still the hard rights. There's traditionalist right. You have the Orthodox who are traditionalist right. Then you have the Netanyahu, which is the like Donald Trump. I would say like moderate right. Maybe, well, not like Donald Trump, but he's like moderate right. Uh, then who's Gantz, who's right. like who was like moderate moderate left. So Israel is very similar to the United States in that sense, and politically they're different, but ideo like ideology wise, they're in terms of like different types of you know right wing and left wing. It is similar. That's how Israel works. But I think I think Israel needs to go in and they need to strike against the West Bank and Gaza very hard because that's the only way you can handle them. You need to go at them hard. Um, in the UAE, I'll give you a good example of this. UAE, anyone who commits a crime gets their hand chopped off. That's called Code of Shira Law. And guess what the safest country is right now? The what? UAE. Hmm. And it works. It's it's. I, you want to know what? I spoke about this on the NTD, you know, the NTD pod, not podcast, you know, the NTD ep Epoch Times. I'm not aware of this. I actually, actually, um, last, when was it? Saturday. When was the event? See, I'm so tired now. Sorry about that. I'm a little it's bit fine. slow with my speech right now. I'm a little it's bit fine. tired. I've had a long ass. I've had a long, hard day. Well, we can wrap <laughs> up in about 10 minutes. No, 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 it's okay. But um, on Saturday, yeah, it was Saturday. I spoke with the NTD television and I actually said, it was harsh, but it works. And, and that's the thing. It works in the UAE. The code of Sharia law works. And I think, yes, the, I guess I'm not in favor of that. I think the United States needs to be harsh on criminals. 
but they do not need to, you know, full-on commit, you know. That would not go too well in the United States, to be honest. You would have rebellion and whatnot. But um, I do think that the United States does need to really crack down on crime. And, you know, that's why the UA- that's why that's why it's good in the UAE. If, um, again, if you commit an attack inside, you know, in, in a country like well, Saudi or UAE, then you will get publicly executed. Well, I believe and if you, you murder you will get someone, tortured. you should be executed. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, in the UAE, if you commit attack upon the people in the UAE, then you get publicly executed and tortured at the same time. And guess well, what? Well, the it death works. penalty is what I should say. I like them. If you murder someone, you should get the death penalty. That's what I meant to say. Yeah, but in the UAE, they torture you, then they kill you. And look, it, it works. The policies in the UAE work. If you commit a heinous, like a very bad crime in the UAE, then yes, you will get the um, death penalty and you will also be tortured as well. But look, it works. But the thing is, it works. It's very harsh. But if you do commit those crimes, if you do commit a heinous, a heinous crime like that, a, a crime, you know, a very, very bad crime, then of course you should be tortured. And of course you should be executed. Like you said, if you murder someone, if you murder, you know, if you murder a woman or, or, or a child, then of if course. You, if you go in and shoot up a school. Uh, then you should be tortured. You should be hanged. You should be. You should be everything in the book should happen. You should be gassed. You should be tortured. You should be hanged. I, I I agree with that. I agree with the UAE Code of Sharia Law. We need to treat these criminals with the highest extent of the law. Not even criminals. These monsters to the highest extent of the law. Well, I believe we need to do some do some stuff similar to the cartels down in Mexico. And Singapore style too, and that's why Singapore is safe too. And we need to implement. I know we're a huge country. We all understand that here. And Singapore, UAE are way smaller than the United States by far. But we need to have a similar implementation. I think we can do it. I really think so. Hmm, that's interesting. Interesting. Yeah, but like I like I said, like um, and also we need to punish China for like sending all this fentanyl to the cartels, and the cartels um, I'm putting well, spreading it all throughout America. Well, China, we need well, not just that. China needs to forgive our debt because of COVID. They unleashed a deadly virus upon the world. They still need to uh, mm-hmm. forgive the debt for that. Oh yeah. You know, I know, I know people personally who've been affected or even died from COVID. What about you? Um, I'm not sure. I don't recall knowing anyone that died of it. I I don't know. I, I do know people who've gotten it, but I I don't know anyone who's died of it personally. Have you gotten it? Uh, I would have no idea. I never got tested, and oh, I never will. I've never, I've never, I've been, I've been tested a bunch of times. I've never gotten it, as far as I know. Yeah, well, I don't travel that much, so that's probably why. Well, where are you in Iowa? Yeah, I'm in Iowa. Which part? Uh, in eastern Iowa, like the Cedar Rapids, in Cedar Rapids. Okay, Cedar Rapids. Okay, so, oh, we got Iowa caucus. How does how does that work, by the way? So, I how does Iowa work? I think in Iowa. You have the caucuses, which are in January, and then what about your actual primaries for like governor, senate, and house? How does that work? Um, well, the thing, well, that's actually the primary and caucus has has changed a little bit because Iowa used to be the first in the nation for the caucus, for, at least for the Democrats, but it's not anymore. The re- uh, you're on mute. You're on mute. There we go. Sorry, my audio cut out, man. That's on yeah. me. All right. Like I said, was for the, the first nation for the caucus. It's actually in um, South Carolina. The reason the Democrats changed it because 
Iowa has become has become so red. It's, it's Republican dominated, and also this is another reason why. And I'm not joking when I say this. They say because Iowa is too white, and I'm not joking by that. You can go look this up. That's one of the reasons why they changed it from the from the, the first into the caucus to, to South Carolina because it's too white. So yeah, and the change. Wait, no, wait, South Carolina isn't the first. Iowa's still the first technically. No, it's not. The Democrats changed it. But, but the Republican, it's it's, it's in the Iowa. Democrat won. No. Yeah. The Democrats. The Demo- it, it's in South Carolina first, right? Yes. They, but the Republican they, one is still in Iowa. Correct. Okay, so when's the um congressional? Like, when do you vote on congressional races in Iowa? Um, congressional, like um, for the regular ones, um, like we actually do have an election tomorrow, to be honest. So I'm going to be going to vote for that. It's mostly just school board stuff. So okay. Yeah. But yeah, like um, the primary for like um, vote the Republican nominee um is actually going to be in January. I believe on January fifteenth or sixteenth. I, I know the wrong. Iowa caucus, but what about like the actual like congressional like races? Yeah, it's usually in November. That's when it usually is. Yeah, but uh, for the congressional races, but I'm talking about the primaries for the congressional races. Oh, the primaries. Um, it it varies. Like um. I know it's I forgot the exact amount of time, but it's at least four months before the election. At least four. So it's like in the summertime you'll vote for Congress and Senate for governor. Uh for for the primaries to be in the main election, I would say so, yeah. I believe that. What do you I think believe- of um uh Kim Reynolds? <laughs> I used to like her till today. So yeah. Well actually yesterday what? to be honest. What happened? She supported DeSantis? Yep, she endorsed him today. Eh. Do you like her policy-wise? Policy, yeah, but she betrayed that, that's President all that Trump. I mean, yes, that but she betrayed, she betrayed President Trump, so yeah. I mean, uh, look, here's the thing. Not, I like Trump policies, but I'm not going to, you know, if Trump says to do something, I'm not going to blindly follow his orders. I mean, that's, that's just... I mean, I, I mean, if Trump um, became like, um, was it Jim Jones or something like that, which I doubt, he, there's no way... Do not believe Jim Jones. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm not. Jo- I, I'm. I'm not joining I, the Jim Jones. I'm not doing. I don't want to. I don't want to get wrapped up in the Jim Jones. In the Kool Aid stuff. So yeah. But like, yeah, no, I, don't there, drink Kool Aid. No, I do not believe Trump would go out. Would say go out and kill yourselves. I hide. I'm a hundred percent convinced of that. He would not do that. But I'm saying yeah, like but, um, um, for, for like um, the regular political stuff. Um, a lot of it I do b- agree with him on. Yeah, politi- like policy wise. Yeah, but like yes. in terms of like. In terms of oh who to like and who do not like, yeah, I, that's that's Jim that's Jim Jones type stuff. Look, I support Trump policy wise. I like him as the president. I want him in twenty twenty four, but I will not blindly follow all of his endorsements and whatnot. Like I disagree when he endorsed Doctor Oz. I I disagree with him and, and Herschel Walker on that. Herschel Walker too, but I didn't agree with I I didn't disagree with him like that till later on. I I actually didn't mind it early, but later on I kind of did. So, you know, at least you're not drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Not fully like, drinking the Kool-Aid. I look, I don't mean to sound like a Democrat or anything like that. Oh, that's I, not I, what I'm, no, I that's, no, I like ha- I like having these conversations. But but that's but what I'm trying to say is that there's a lot of people in the MAGA who will whatever Trump says to do, they'll do, which I don't agree with. I think everyone needs to have their own authentic thought. Yes, they could listen to Trump. Yes, they could listen to other politicians. Yes, they could that can help influence their decisions. But they also need to come up with their own thoughts on and their own, you know, endorsements of who they like and who they don't like. But then again, we would have we would have what would happen um in the Georgia runoffs in the twenty twenty elections. You remember that? 
Like I'm put like it this it was, way. Like Brian in, Kemp won. It was won it by two hundred thousand votes. Okay, it wasn't didn't even go, didn't even go to the runoff. Herschel Walker lost by ninety nine thousand votes. It's candidate over party. That's the way I see it. Yeah, I I, I like I've said I'm ta- I was talking about the twenty twenty election. That it was it was bet- it it was more I, to me that was more between that was more of Brian Kemp's fault than Trump's fault that um that we lost those two Georgia Senate seats. I do not believe that was Trump's fault. I believe that was more Brian Kemp's fault. Yeah, in twenty twenty that was. That's what that I was... talked about the, in the runoffs. Because like um, Trump asked um, Brian Kemp to like look into this um, election fraud stuff, and Brian Kemp refused to. So and basically that um, disenfranchised a lot of voters. Like say, hey, our votes don't matter, so let's not go out and vote. That's and that's how we lost those two Georgia seats. Everyone needs to. I mean, I hate it when people say they're not going to vote. Everyone needs to go out and vote. Because think yeah. about it, if you vote, if you don't vote, I guarantee you, your candidate will not win. Yes, hundred percent agree right there. Hundred percent. Every everyone everyone needs to go out and vote. You know, I think of where was it, Argentina where they fine you if you don't vote. I mean, I don't agree with that, but um, I do know that they do that in each in, in uh Argentina where they fine you. Yeah. Like that's and, why and, like ninety eight unless you're like really sick on your deathbed, but like ninety eight percent of the Argentinian population votes. Um, so, all the so eligible so voters can like must vote. I mean, I don't agree with that. Of course, I think uh, the American people have the option to well, you know skip me- out if they don't want to vote. But if you but if you're passionate if you if you see what's going on in the news and you want to make a difference like like the majority of Americans go out and vote. Personally, um, I believe that I believe that um voting should actually be harder than most people think it should be. Like if you're not paying attention to politics, like the politics stuff, you should not be allowed to vote. That's that's the way I view. Well, it. no, I, I I don't agree with that. I think anyone with an ID should be able to vote. But, like that's I, like, the American people's right. Like like um an eighteen or nineteen year old just sitting on his couch on his in his parents' um house and not paying attention to politics, I do not believe should should have the right to dictate how my life goes. I think everyone has. Uh, see, I disagree on that because I think everyone's allowed to make their own uh, decision. Because once you're once you're eighteen, that's your given right to vote. Because because like um voting in America is actually not a right; it's a privilege. Well, I mean, if you're an eighteen, if you're a citizen in the United States and you're over the eighteen, then it is a right, unless you're a criminal. Like, <laughs> like, like the founders themselves even said, it's 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 a privilege, not a right. Be, 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 and that I, is true. But as soon as you break the rule, uh, rules and laws, then yes, I don't think criminals should be able to vote. But, but I think if you're over the age of eighteen, you're a decent person, no matter how politically involved and not politically involved you are. Then you should be able to vote. Yeah, I think we disagree on that one because, like I said, if you're if you're not paying attention to the stuff, then you shouldn't have a uh, have a say in how everything goes. That I, Ray, I just b- before we uh, yeah I, I go ahead. No, you go ahead, man. Uh, before we wrap up, so um, let's talk about Mississippi and Kentucky. The elections tomorrow are actually going on. So and who Virginia. are you? And Virginia. Well, that's the state house. I don't really care too much about that. I know people are really hyping that one up, but I'm really paying attention to Mississippi and Kentucky. But yeah, we could talk about Virginia. What do you think of the Virginia House? Who do you think that will go to? The state legislator. It's, it's going to be tough, man. I think it's going to come down to the wire. So if I had to give uh, if to me, I think it's a coin toss right now. So Republicans, if if I but if I had no choice but to say, I what would is say it right Repu- now? Uh, I don't recall the top of my head. I think it's Democrat, right? I think I think, I think the House is Republican, but the Senate is is Democrat. Yeah, let's Virginia. see what's good. 
Uh, again, that's state senate. That to me, I don't live there. If I don't live there, it doesn't matter. But governor, what I'm really and I mean, you know, I'm even though it doesn't really affect me these elections, I'm still really going to pay attention to it tomorrow. Mississippi and Kentucky. Mississippi, I'm supporting Brandon Presley. What about you? Uh, I haven't paid too much attention to the Mississippi parts, but um, for the first uh, time, I'm supporting a Democrat because Tate Revis is ranks dead last in everything: education last, health last, schools last, economic well, wise last. Well, wouldn't that happen regardless? Because Mississippi is probably the poorest state in in the it country. It is, but he didn't he didn't help anything. All all Tate Revis did was he removed the rebel flag from the state capitol. That's all the Republican Tate Revis did. Brandon Presley's a conservative Democrat. He's very pro. He's pro life for the most part. He's socially conservative. So I like I like Brandon Presley. He's economically liberal, which of course I don't agree with him on that. But he is socially conservative. I don't live in Mississippi, but from my understanding, he is better than Tate by a little bit. So I'm supporting Brandon. Regard regardless, um, I don't think much will change in Mississippi, no matter what. I believe. <laughs> what about Kentucky? Who are you rooting for, Cameron or? Uh, forgot his last. I forgot his last name. Um, uh, Bright Cameron. Bright Cameron. I believe he's the black guy. I believe he is. Yeah. Um, yeah, him. Uh, I I'm, don't yeah, think I'm rooting gonna, for him too. I don't think he's going to win, though. From based I on think all, he's going to win. Based, he's up based in the polls right now. Polls to me, I don't. I make to me they don't matter whatsoever. They mean nothing, and I don't think they mean anything. But I'm going by the. But judging by the early vote, I think he's going to lose. I think because like, win. Because the because the because like um the Democratic turnout and the early voting is higher than the Republicans. For, like I'm actually a little higher than the more than but, it usually but is. But look at uh, actually I mean, well look this I mean Kentucky. Well, let's see how should I put this? Kentucky is a what is it sixty forty sixty eight thirty two red state. And that sounds, you know, that sounds about right because the majority of mail-in ballots and early voting, as of right now, will be um, Democrat. But I think, because the majority of the Kentucky voters are, are of course, Republican. But the Election Day vote, I think that's going to be sweeping with a lot of Republicans. But a lot of Republicans, don't forget, also support uh, Bashar, or if that's how you pronounce his name. So I do think, I I think it's going to be really a 50-50 race. I think it's going to be one of those races where it's going to come down to the last, last vote. Mississippi, Virginia, I think they're all going to be close, everyone. But do you find it odd, though, there are like a lot of, there are a bunch of heavy red states that have um, blue governors and a bunch of heavy blue states that have red governors? It, do you find that a little, do you find that weird? You know what that means? It means candidate over um, uh, party. Like um, Kansas is a deep red state but has a blue governor. Uh, yeah, it's, Louis- it's, it's. Louisiana for the longest time had a blue governor and it's one of the most red states but we recently elected Jeff Landry which I'm glad they did so yeah what it is it's um it's person over party that's the way I see it. it's person over party and that's how yeah. the majority yeah. of Americans feel me me I to me I'm not a, I don't believe in political parties I think we should abolish all of them I go I, I mostly go by candidates because JFK that, that you know, is he, good. He, because JFK, even though he I was a Democrat, in... can I finish? Because JFK, oh, yeah, JFK was a Demo- was um in the part of the Democratic Party, but he was a conservative when you look at it. Like if you look at his presidency, uh... he was very conservative in my view. 
he could be conservative, but he almost got us all killed. I mean, with the whole uh, uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis, we were seconds away from being but, blown into bits. I, I didn't like JFK, believe it or not. I, I did not like the Kennedy. But his handling of the of the crisis during those during that time, it was one of the like one of the most be best thing I've seen a president do. The way he handled it. Uh, yeah, I, I don't like the Kennedys. But, I don't like but, the Kennedys. The only thing I feel, that I, I feel bad about, I feel bad about all the Kennedys, but you yeah, know, the, I, the only thing I really disagree with JFK on was his immigration stuff, and also the Bay of Pigs debacle. But even yeah. though, but even after the Bay of Pigs debacle, he he basically admitted that it was his fault, and he accepted it. Like um, and that's not something you see from politicians where they literally come out and say that it's their fault. So, yeah, but I'm I am that was good on JFK. But I am a fan of um, JFK and his brother, RFK. Now, I'm not a fan of RFK Jr., though. I am not. Yeah, I don't like RFK Jr. But um, the political... But, I mean, I believe in political parties, but I think at the end of the day, I think political parties are... Even though... Because, I mean, it's... That's really the best way to maintain a country is through political... Believe it or not, political parties aren't... I'm not saying that's the best thing there is, but it's the, it's the only real thing that works. Because if you have a million different people running against each other, it's just what well, you have a million people on the ballot and then every state, that would be well, a mess. To me, that would be a mess. That would well, be a mess. I personally parties, agree with the political party system, but I do agree that it that like someone shouldn't vote based off if they see an R or a D. They should yeah. vote based off if they like the candidate or don't like the candidate. Yeah, and that gets into why I said if you don't pay attention, you should not be able to do that. <laughs> This is just, I think that's just something we Where was it? Out. There was like a something in, what state was it? I forgot what state it was, but there was this lady who ran for like the mayor of the town and she registered as a Republican, but the Democrat was more conservative. This lady was like a they, them, uh, Republican who was like a, uh, oh an anarchist and everything like that. First a Democrat who was a conservative Democrat. Guess who won in the 80-20 Republican town? She won. The they, wow. them thing won. Wow. I remember so that just tells you something. I remember there was a sheriff. Uh, there was a story about um uh, one of those people um um running as a sheriff as a Republican and won, but I I, I forgot when this was, but I do remember it. I believe it was in um twenty twenty one. I could be wrong, but I believe it was. Or was it a sheriff? I think I think that's the one you're talking yeah. about. Because no one else ran against him. That's the crazy thing. But Ray, thank you for having me on. It was an honor oh. speaking with you. Yeah, good man. Look, we gotta do it again, man. Like um, you're welcome on my show anytime you want to. And also, also, also a bunch of, you know how we do Twitter spaces? You're welcome to come on mm -hmm. those anytime you want to. And and also another thing, uh, I have a whole bunch of buddies where we call ourselves the MAGA Bulls. And I think it would be great if you if you want to join our crew, you, you're welcome to. Basically, basically what the MAGA Bulls is, we're just some like, um, either, we're either podcasters or activists where we just like them, um, um, go out and just spread the, the patriotism pretty much. That's good. Like, I can. I'll definitely I'll definitely take a look into that. But yeah, you're always. But, I always do Instagram live streams, so you're welcome on that anytime. Yeah, like I'd be honored if you join our crew. So yeah, because some because like in that Twitter space we did like a few weeks ago, um, some of the Magables were in that were in that space. Some of them were. Okay, I might have yeah. to do that then. Yeah, but also before you go, man, where can my audience find you at? Uh, Alex Corn thirteen. That's my Instagram site. So that's the best place where you can find me at. Yeah, I have your Instagram and your Twitter in the description below. Okay. All right, guys. All right, guys. Um, make sure you go over and and follow him on Instagram on Alex on Instagram and Twitter. 
Also, if you're watching this, make sure to, to hit, the, hit the like button and subscribe to this channel here. Also, follow me on all the podcast platforms because I'm on all of them, as well as follow me on all the podcast platforms because I'm on all of those too. And also, mainly, follow me on, on Twitter at RayStudios29. My handle is right here at RayStudios29. Yeah, make sure to go follow me on all of those platforms too, as well as follow Alex. All right, guys, this was Ray and Alex, and this was the Ray Infinity Show podcast. This was episode number 126. Catch you guys later. Peace.